So last week was a really important week for the green room. I gave you guys a little bit of vision for this upcoming year. And if you guys missed it, please, please, please check out the podcast. It's on the TGR website. Just to let you know a little bit about where I believe God is leading us and taking us. And uh, there was three points I brought out that I really believe God laid on my heart for us in 2014. And the first one is that God wants us to go fishing. Just kind of, just really going after the people in our lives that need Jesus. He compared his disciples to um, um, fishers of men. Like they used to be fishermen, but now he said, hey, now I want you to fish for people. And I believe that's what God has for us in 2014, that you guys really become fishers of men and that you guys would really just see the people that you love come to know Jesus. The second point was that you guys would be storm chasers. And and we're gonna talk about all these things a little bit more in depth when me and Claudio start dialoguing. But um, just for some of you guys who weren't here, just the thought behind that is that you guys wouldn't be scared of the storms in your life, that you would go after them, that you would know that you would have Jesus through them, and then you would help other people through those storms in your lives. And if you wanna know more about that, just check out the podcast. And the last one is that we would be more expectant of God that we would want to see more, that we wouldn't be okay with the day-to-day routine of just letting it be another Friday and let next Friday be exactly the same, that we would always want more out of God. And it's just so important that we do those things, guys. And so tonight, me and Claudia are just gonna talk about a couple of these things. And you know, in that message, I said, it only takes one person to really catch the fire. And I told you guys how I was that person. You know what's really cool? And, and that's why Claudia was up here tonight is because he was someone who caught the fire when I was his youth pastor. I, I mean, this kid would write about Green Room all the time. He would always talk about it. He has a shirt on right now. It's the original Green Room shirt when I was a kid in youth group. And uh, Claudio was just the man, and he really grabbed onto the vision full heart back then. And when Claudio was in youth group, I, mean, I, I just feel like we were at the height of what we were doing. This place was just packed out every week. And, and a big part of that wasn't even me or anything I was doing is that these guys were just hungry for God and they were spreading it everywhere they could. And so I just want him just to talk to you guys a little bit. I'm going to ask him some things about what was going on then and what God was doing in his life and his heart. And so I think there's a lot of cool things we can learn because I know that someone out there tonight, this could be you tonight. And Claudio is basically like my modern day disciple. I couldn't get rid of Claudio if I wanted to. He, he kind of followed me. And, and you know, I, I love this kid. And he has such a heart for God and he's gonna do great things in his life. And I know that could be one of you guys if you feel like you have a call of ministry on your life. And so it's just cool that just a couple of years ago, Claudio was sitting in your seat and here he is now, just um, like basically my intern. And so it's gonna be a lot of fun just talking and uh, hearing from him tonight. So I'm just going to ask him just some different questions just to start off. And uh, Claudia, I think the best place for us probably to start is just so for anyone who doesn't know your story a little bit, just to hear it. So if you want to just give them a little bit of your testimony first, I think that would help us get going. Certainly. Um, For those of you who do not know me, I'm Claudio, as you can tell. Um, uh, I've been going to this youth group since I was in sixth grade when I was a wee lad. And ever since I came here, I absolutely loved it. I was completely in love with this church and everything that it's about. And I would just come here every week as much as I could, no matter what. But um, basically, my story, um, uh, not probably the happiest story you could probably hear, but um, I'm here today, which is awesome, and thank God that I'm here. Um, Basically, as a young child, I was adopted as a kid at uh, two years old. And when I was younger, I really didn't really know what that meant. I kind of just was like, oh, cool, I'm adopted. I was like, I just walked around all the time. I used to be like, oh, yeah, I'm adopted, blah, blah, blah. (laughs) And I would just walk around thinking, like, yeah, it's, it's awesome. And, like, it never really, like, affected me or really took any, um, like, weight on me or anything that was, like, anything abnormal. So um, 
I would just keep going around and be like, oh, yeah, that, that's cool. I'm just, I am who I am. Until around um, uh, seventh grade, I believe, I remember doing, um, it was like an English project that was about like your family history and stuff. And it wasn't until that experience where like it really started making me doubt who I was as a person because I was like, well, um, I don't have my real parents with me right now. So am I wanted or am I just like this mistake or am I just this random human being in this random family right now? And does God even love me if my real um, birth parents didn't even want me? Why would then an all omnipotent God want me then if my own like human parents don't want me? And I would just keep walking around with this thought as a young seventh grader who would just be like, I'm, I'm completely worthless. I mean nothing to this planet. I would just become depressed and keep having these thoughts in my head saying I'm worth nothing. And I would just find um, little things just to almost reassure that factor in my head, just to go out of my way to find these stupid things that could possibly be wrong with me just to further um, just explain why there's something wrong with me and how I'm different from other people. And it wasn't until then where I would, um, just become depressed. I would just not want to um, be with my friends as much as I want to. You could ask any of my friends probably. They, would, they noticed in that year that I was just not who I used to be. And I used to um, just self-injure myself. I used to take it out on myself because I felt that I had no um, worth to this world and to anyone else. So I would just self-injure myself thinking that um, I deserve this pain. I deserve to feel like trash because that's what I am. And I had this lie in my head saying that I am trash and that nothing can save my life and nothing can love me. And to me, the self-injury was my God at that point. And I could probably say that truthfully because here I am knowing that I'm thinking this lie that I'm worthless, yet there is a God out there who loves you immensely. And that's coming from a person who thinks that no one loves you at all. And I, be, I really believe that God, if anything if I say means anything to you guys, God loves you. Hmm. He loves you with all, your, with all his heart. And he goes out of his way that you would come back to him. And honestly, the self-injury was my God at that point. I said, God can't help me. I'm going to help myself. This is going to make me feel better because I can't feel the pain in my heart. And I don't know where it's coming from. But the self-injury is going to make me know where the pain is. At least I'll know where the pain is from there. It's from myself. And that, I thought in that moment, was the proper way to fix it by just, you know, burying the hurt and putting it down, saying that it does, it's, it's not important. I'm not going to fix it. And that's going to be, the, one, uh, it's going to be it. So I, would, I went on with that for, I don't know, like a few years. And it wouldn't even be like just, it would just be like continuous, not even if it was self-injury, it would just be a continuous mindset of, you're worthless. You're worthless. Do you hear that? That person's calling you annoying. That person's saying this. This person's saying that. And we just continually um, internalize everything. Um, and it wasn't until maybe around um, after like 10th grade, maybe like the summer of 10th grade, where it was finally, I was just, rem- I just remember sitting in like a room in my room and I was just like, God, if you're real, I need you to make, I need you to make sense of this to me. I need something in my head. Um, that's going to make this different. I need to feel loved again, and I want to feel accepted anymore. I can't live this way anymore. And I finally just came with the fact that enough is enough, and I need something different. And it wasn't until that year um, at SES in Chapel where I remember I was sitting during this speaker, and I don't remember who the speaker was, and it was just, I was just conflict, like, conflicted with myself. And I was saying, God, I need to know you're real. I, I can't do this, um, this Bible class anymore. I can't do any more of this God is real, this stuff, unless you prove it to, to, to me yourself. And I couldn't deal with other people saying, oh, God loves you. God 
is real this and that unless God told me himself and that God um, proved to me that, I, that he was real. And I remember just thinking to myself, God, I need you to prove this to me. And it wasn't until then, like, the speaker stopped in his tracks and he said, I don't know why I'm going to say this, but I feel like someone needs to hear this, that I am your proof. And I just remember hearing that and I, and I broke down in my chair and I was like, and I just felt just this abundance of love in my heart that I've never felt in my life at all. And it wasn't until then where I realized that God has a plan for you and God loves you so much and that um, people can't satisfy that. That was another big thing that I realized, that people cannot satisfy what God can satisfy, that humans are going to fail sometimes, even if they don't mean to, they're going to probably say something that's going to annoy you or make you feel like crap, but God's never going to do that to you. God's never going to make you feel like garbage for what he's done. And he, another thing was after that too, I was like, God, I, I did some screwed up stuff. I'm, I'm scarred both physically and emotionally, I, you want me still? And that's another big obstacle. God doesn't care about the past situations that you've been through. He doesn't care at all. He doesn't see it. He doesn't even know it exists anymore. He purposely forgot the sins that you've done because he loves you that much. And I just feel like someone needs to hear that tonight also, that he loves you so much and that he wants you, no matter what you've done, no matter what you're going to do, and no matter what you're thinking of right now, that he loves you so much. And here I am today, thank God, and I'm probably the happiest I've ever been in years because I just have this love in my heart that only God can satisfy. So, yeah, that's it. Awesome, dude. That's a really cool story. I, I love Claudio's story because it's not perfect. It's not a fairy tale story. And so many of you guys feel like, your life is just in pieces today and you don't get how God could ever love you. And maybe you can relate exactly to Claudio's story tonight and there is hope for you tonight because there's a God who wants to put the pieces back just like he did for Claudio. And Claudio's life is just an amazing an example of that. So you kind of took us up to like 10th grade right there, Claudio, and, and a little bit modern day. Um, let me just ask you this. Um, what really helped you get passionate about God and the vision and everything that was going on at Green Room? Like, what happened there? Like, how was that, how did it become real for you? And when did you really just get passionate about things that were going on here? Um, I think the main way I got passionate was almost like how I said in the story, like, I just finally came to terms with um, enough is enough. Like, I just, I just really didn't want to be complacent anymore. I just mm -hmm. felt like where I was, um, even after I got, like, really, like, on fire, like, I just felt like, I can't just sit and just stand here while, like, things in this world are still, like, messed up. Like, there's got to be something more. There's got to be a change. Like, I just remember always hearing, like, all this stuff by saying, like, well, the disciples did all this stuff. And, you know, like, that's, it's their job. Or, like, it's Joey's job. It's Doug's job and stuff to do the things that God wants us to do. But in the real fact of the matter is, like, everyone here has a part in what God wants to do. And, like, it's like Joey said last week, um... You guys can reach people that I can't reach, Joey can't reach, or Doug can't reach, that you all are placed in situations where God wants you to be in, and he wants you to touch certain people that we can't touch even if we wanted to. As much as we'd want to, he, we can't. And it just, I think it's just really, like, in my heart, I just realized, like, I can't just sit here and just watch the sideline. I can't watch the game play anymore. I, I want to be part of the game now. I don't want to sit on the bench anymore. I want to be part of it. And I think that's really yeah. it. And, and I think what it was for me too that really helped me like back then too is I just had this tugging on my heart. And I, I don't know if you can relate to that, but like 
man, I, I just, I, I can't even explain it to this day, but there was just something inside of me that was just like, I want to go deeper. I just want more. I'm not okay with where my life is. And, and I see that in you 100%. I can recognize that call in you too. And so I think for some of you guys, and, and maybe that's not everyone, but I know that there's probably a handful of you guys that have that tugging on your heart tonight and you're not even sure what to do with it. And I wasn't even sure what to do with it at first, but a great way to start working that out, that tugging, that pulling that you feel like God's doing in you for something deeper, something greater, or you just want more of him is to grab onto the vision. That is a great way to get it started and just to unfold it. And, and it's funny, you, you, you start inviting one person and that one person turns into more and more and it's amazing what God can do if you are just willing to make that step and take that bold step out. And God will supply it. And so often we're so scared to take that first step and God's calling us to do it. And he's got our backs. If you were just willing to take that first step, God will see you through. And so I think that was a really good answer for that, Claudio. Um, let me ask you this now. Um, um, a lot of seniors, and, and I see this a lot, but I definitely didn't see it with your grade. A lot of seniors... Um, they kind of go through what I like to call like senioritis of youth group. They kind of get too cool for things and they kind of start to check out. But you guys in your class, and you especially, you, you didn't check out at all. What was it that, what was the reason why you didn't check out? Well, I think one of the main reasons also was um, for my senior year, I wasn't in SES, so I was in a public school and for me, Green Room was the only source, well, not even the only source, but it was only like the, one of the big main events that I had where I could meet with God besides like my house and like my own personal thing. So I guess for myself, I really um, cherished every second I had while being in this youth group, especially um, as a senior, because I knew as a senior, um, this was my year, like this was it. Like if I didn't like take a step, then the it was worthless then because then I would not be in the youth group anymore. And I think um, as a senior, like, I think you need, like, if you feel like it's, you're too cool for it or whatever, I mean, um, you don't have, like, every, like, you don't have next time. Like, I always, that was my lie I had in my head. In my head, I was always like, well, if I can't meet with God this week, I have next week, or I have the week following that, or after Tusk, or after this. And I just kept delaying it and delaying it until, until you realize where, like, you're out of the youth group and you're like, well, um, I want to go to Green Room, but now you can't go to Green Room. Um, I think the biggest advice to say is cherish every second you have in this, in this church at Green Room and just enjoy every second of it and just go after it with all you've got because there's going to come a point where Joey's going to have to let you go. And as sad as that is, like, it's just, it's just what happens. And you Circle just have to just, life. yeah. Like, yeah. and you just have to just... I don't know, it's just a moving on thing that it just, it just stinks, yeah. but you just cherish the time you have. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what did you love most about Green Room, whether it be the fellowship, the community, the worship? What was it that just kept you coming back? The community, definitely. Yeah. I think I, it's just amazing how you could just walk through a door, and the, set, and the first thing you do, um, I, I just remember whenever I'd walk through the door, I would just hear one of my friends, Justin, just, just scream, oh, my God, Claudia's yeah. here! And he would just like, run over to me and give me like a huge hug. And, like, just the fact that you go into a church and you have, like, this, like, just an immense amount of love and acceptance of people just saying, oh, my God, you're here. Like, you just have this, like, overwhelming of love. And I think that's what really wanted me to keep coming here also is just the fact that everyone here knows you, whether you're a senior or a freshman. Everyone knows who you are, and everyone doesn't care if you're a freshman or a senior. Like, everyone accepts everyone. It's awesome. 
And yeah. I think that's the be- I think that's the thing I love the most about yeah. this church. That's definitely something I love a lot too, just the friendships and everything. How close we are is just really awesome. And if you, maybe you're a new person here tonight and you never experienced anything like that, I promise you that we're like a really big family. And maybe you've just been coming a couple of times. Just give us some time. Stick with it. I promise we'll get to know you. And this will be uh, just an awesome, close-knit group for you. And we would love to, for you to be part of our family deeper. Um, so let's jump a little bit and talk a little bit more about those three points that I brought out. And I kind of want to apply them to your life a little bit and have you talk about them um, how they apply to you. I talked about how when we go fishing, just like if you were going fishing just for, for normal fish, that you would use different baits to catch different kinds of fish. And different people that we're going after in our lives um, require different bait, really. And the three, bait I, the three different kinds of bait I talked about was sometimes we just need to be bold and just outright speak to people and just tell them about God. Sometimes we need to invest and invite and just really pour into their life and uh, really just care for them and show them that we love them. And then the third one, um, I forgot my own point. That's terrible. How do I forget my own point? Does anyone remember? Oh my gosh. You know, say it. Yeah, that's being bold. Prayer, prayer. prayer. How did I forget (laughs) prayer? That's like the most important. Dang, man. Oh, gosh, I got to listen to my own sermons. Oh, All right, so prayer. Um, now, just with those three in mind, can you give us like a little bit of a story for uh, at least one of them, oh, but maybe easy. all of them, yeah. like how you've done uh-huh. that in your life, like reaching out to other people. Like, yeah. I can even just just throw one off the top of my head if I'm allowed to for yeah. you. It's definitely your friend Lauren. And that's how, like, exactly we invested. what I was thinking yeah, go too, ahead. yeah. Go ahead, start that. Um, well, for my senior year, and also 11th grade, actually, um, I met this, well, actually, the funny way of meeting this friend is, I'll t- just digress a little bit is my friend Lauren at the time, wasn't my friend, but uh, I was sitting at this table, and this, I just remember this ginger girl comes up to me, and she's wearing a Taylor Lautner shirt or whatever from, like, Twilight or whatever. And I just see her, and I'm like, you would wear a Taylor Lautner shirt. <laughs> and ever since then, like, we just became best friends from me making fun of her for Twilight, which is terrible, by the way. Um, <laughs> it's funny, but it's true. Um, we also love you if you're a ginger. We don't discriminate. Yeah, no, I love gingers, though, because she's my best friend. We now. love all hair colors. We do. But basically, I just remember she was, um, she was obviously not a Christian, and um, I would just, I was like, she was like asking me about myself, and I was like, oh yeah, I'm a, I'm a Christian, I go to church, or whatever, and she's like, she's like, oh, that's, that's pretty cool, and like, she wasn't like openly like hated towards it, but like, she was very hesitant towards it, and I remember bringing it up to her, I'm like, oh, you should come to church sometime, and she, I remember her laughing, she was like, ha ha, if I go to church, I'll probably burn or something, and I was like, you would not. And then um, we just started playing and Xbox she came together. And she burned yep. up and it was awkward. Yeah, no. I'm out of a friend. Now but, she's really a ginger because yeah. she's on fire, get That's it? That's true. <laughs> you guys are slow. Wow, I'm a horrible person. But keep I'm going. S- All right, keep going. But anyway, um, just something about like investing and inviting is I wouldn't always say like, Lauren, God, like, God is blah, 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 and just hmm. keep ranting about the Bible. Like I would just talk to her, you know, be friends with her. And then eventually, like, we would just play Xbox together. Joey That's would play Xbox. That's when we started Xbox. our Xbox ministry. That's how, yes. yeah, we would just talk. And then finally, Joey would try to convince her to come to church. And then finally, she did. Yeah. And um, she went to church, and she used to be, like, all into drinking. She would smoke. She would do all this stuff. And she would be, like, so proud of it, too. And I just remember the next day, I mean, that Monday after Green Room, she went. And she's like, Claudio, I can't drink anymore. I don't want to smoke anymore. She's like, I can't do it anymore. I'm like... I'm like, well, can you, t- like, do you have a reason why? She's like, she's like, I just feel like I can't do it anymore. Like, I just feel like something happened at that church. I mean, she's not like an open Christian to this day, but something since that time she went yeah. to Greenham for the very first time, 
she's a different person now. She's a completely different person. And it's okay that she's not a Christian right now because I know um, it's something's going to happen with her yeah. and that God's going to meet her in a big way because I see the different girl than I saw before she wore that Taylor Lautner shirt. She wears better yeah. shirts now, and she's a better person. <laughs> but she yeah. really is one of my best friends. I tell her everything, and yeah. she's not a Christian. And it's okay because I love her. God loves her. Um, and she's just an awesome person. Yeah, so. she might not be walking with God today, yeah. but definitely some seeds were planted in her life. Yeah, definitely. And you could tell that they had a lasting mm-hmm. effect on her. So yeah. sometimes investing in writing can just be so important. Um, do you have any other ones? Maybe a prayer or just being bold? If you can just think off, off the top of your head. If not, we can just, that's okay. I'm putting you on the spot a little well, bit. Well, prayer, another thing. I mean, I pray for, I, well, about prayer is also, you could, um, a thing I do is when I'm at work, um, a lot of, well, actually, all my employees aren't Christian, so um, I don't openly tell them I'm Christian. I mean, I don't, I mean, I'm sorry. I don't openly, like, um, blab about the Bible also at work, but when I'm working, I'll pray for them. Um, and also, a thing I do now is, like, I just try to encourage them, like, even if it's something stupid, like, they always think I'm sarcastic, but, like, they'll just be working, and I'll just be like, hey, Tom, you're doing a great job. Like, and I'll mean it, but they're always like, oh, Claudia, you're so funny, blah, 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 blah. But I, I just go out of my way just to make them feel um, just special during work is, as um, weird as that sounds, I guess. But I just go out of my way to just pray for them and just do this because I know that if I can't touch them, that God has a, um, a plan and that prayers work. They, actually, they really do work. And um, something's, something will happen. And um, it's just beyond my control at this moment whether they get saved or not. But God has a plan. And prayer definitely is just a huge yeah. thing that you can do. For someone else. Yeah, and if you want to hear a cool story about prayer, definitely check out the podcast because I, I give a story that still blows me away to this day. Um, let's j- jump to this next one. Um, you've walked through some really hard times in your life, without a doubt, and you kind of mentioned that in your testimony, but can you just tell us a little bit of, about like what helped you get through those storms in your life? Definitely other people. Hmm. Um, I think it's quite ironic, though, how my whole struggle was with people, but honestly, people in the same um, aspect is probably the most important thing you can have. Um, just having someone alongside of you um, who just wants to pray for you and just be with you and just um, just come alongside you no matter what you've been through probably is a huge step in making this because um, you can't do it by yourself. And sometimes you just need an encouragement or a prayer or just something from another person. And something about even, um, what is it, confessing to another person is just wonders for you. I just remember telling, like, um, uh, my best friend about what I went through. And just, like, the feeling of me just getting rid of it and telling another person was just, like, such a weight lifter because I just felt like since then now I could just keep going and just keep moving on because I know someone is still there after I told the story. Yeah, I would definitely say that you're definitely a storm chaser. You've weathered some really big storms in your life, and I've seen you just come through closer to Jesus and just a better person. I'm I'm so proud of that man that you've become. So Claudia was definitely a storm chaser. Let's just jump to this last one. Um, How can we be more expectant? How do you feel that? Like as a group and as the green room, how can we be more expectant for God to do big things? I think you said it perfectly in your message that... um, well, Basically, what Joey said um, was how um, at Tuscarora always it's um, why is Tuscarora better than probably the services here? And like, why do we feel like we have these huge God encounters here, but not when we come back home? And why does it suddenly feel like it's gone? And Joey explained it like this is that for Tuscarora, we all come expecting like we all know something's going to go down 
at Tuscarora, whether it's the first night or the third night, especially just people always expecting that. I just remember whenever going to Tuscarora, I always heard third night, man, third night, man, something big is going to happen third night. And honestly, I think we all need to grasp this mindset of what if we come into each service here as if it was that quote-unquote third night of Tusk, and what if that this was the last shot we had before we had to go home the next day? And honestly, I think that's the biggest thing we need to um, just grasp is that um, we just need to honestly just cherish the time we have here, especially during our worship services, because there's people in other countries who don't have this. And I think we take that for granted so many times that we have a church and we're allowed to come in here and openly worship God. Like, people get killed and they get in prison because they have a Bible in their house. And I just feel like we just really need to just grasp this idea that we're allowed to do it, so why not do it then? Because we're, we're free to do so. So Cool, man. Thank you. Thank you. Your story was so awesome. I'm so glad for what you said because I really feel like maybe like God... Um, had that for some of you guys in the room tonight, what Claudio said, that I'm your proof tonight. Maybe just Claudio saying that is someone's proof tonight that God cares about you and he hears your cries. And so that, that was just awesome, Claudio. Thank you so much. Um, we got a couple questions in here, so we'll just answer just a couple of them and then we'll close up. The timer didn't start right away, so I'm not sure exactly where we are. But we'll just answer just uh, one or two of these. Um, we'll start with this one. How come in Romans 4... And Galatians, it says you can have faith without works and still be saved. But in James, it says faith without works is dead. Um, whoever sent this to me, you're a little bit confused on what the person, uh, the writer in Romans, Paul, and in Galatians is actually saying. Um, he's saying that works can't save you. Is that you can't do enough things right in your life to get to God. Like you can never earn your way. But then what he's saying in James is, is that you can look into someone's lives and you can tell if they're really a follower of Jesus by the fruit that's in their life. So it's, it's kind of two separate issues almost. Like you could look at this one person and say like, okay, I know that they're saved and I know that they're a Christian because look at all these things that they're doing in their life. So what they're saying is that that person really has faith because they're doing these things. And you could look at someone else and say, maybe their faith isn't so real because they're not doing anything in, in um, James. And then what they're saying in Romans is just, hey, you can't work your way to God. Faith is, is faith and that's it. And that's what can save you alone. So to whoever wrote that question, I hope you understand that they're kind of two separate issues that are going on. You're kind of blending the two together. So I hope that helps someone in the room. Um, whoever just texted me about Calvinism can go jump off a cliff. Um, <laughs> just kidding. Because if God loves you, then he'll save you no matter what. If you jump or not, whatever. Like, let me know how it happens. Okay, next question. <laughs> what do you do when you feel like your prayers are just bouncing off the walls? I'll let you take that one, Claudia. I'm trying to figure out like how to reword that question so I can understand a little bit better. Bouncing off, like as in God like doesn't hear the prayers in a sense? Um, just like, they, they feel like it's not doing anything. They're just like in vain. Hmm. It's a a good question but but (laughs) but honestly though like i don't i don't i feel like i don't know i don't i don't i'll start i'll start you jumping i'll I'll start you jumping um i think we've all felt like that i I know there's times in my life when i'm just praying and it feels like nothing is happening like everything i'm saying just feels like like you exactly like it's bouncing off the walls and like it's not reaching god at all but 
here's what I promise you, is that if you are really praying passionately, God hears your prayers and, and, and he is there and he cares about you. And just because sometimes he's silent, if, if you guys were here, I, I did a message just recently all about God's silence. Just because he's silent doesn't mean he's absent. He's often at work in the silence in our lives. And you know, I know how frustrating it can be when it just feels like they're bouncing, but I promise you guys, they're not. And maybe for a season, they'll be like that. But I promise you that God will speak to you eventually if you seek him with all of your heart. So what I would tell you tonight is just to keep having faith, to keep, uh, keep pushing and, and really believe that God is who he says he is. And he'll, he'll always never let you down. The Bible says he'll never leave you or forsake you. So your prayers are not in vain. Um, you want to add anything to that? Well, I mean, now, now that I'm, I heard it again, like it sort of, it, it, it kicks in because I remember when I was going through those, those struggles of um, depression and stuff, I would always, I would pray and, and ask God for just deliverance and help. And I would just feel like no one was hearing me. And honestly, I think to respond to that question is you just have to keep pressing and you just got to keep and praying. Even if it feels like it's not working, that um, God sometimes will just want you to just, I, I don't, I don't, I'm trying to figure out how to say it though, but um, just God answer, will answer, the, answer your prayers. Maybe it's not exactly at the moment you want, there we go, this is, here's where I'm trying to go. <laughs> God will answer your prayers when the time is ready. And I know that's very hard to accept, but um, everything works good, works to good for those who love him. And God is not just leaving you out in the dust just to just feel in pain because God is sick like that and just wants to watch you suffer. Like he has reasons probably to either answer the question, uh, answer the prayer immediately or answer it in, in time to let you grow a little bit before giving you what exactly you want first. Because I feel like we pray for things like these huge big things that maybe we're not ready for yet and that in time we'll be ready for the prayer that we wanted later on in the future. And it's just a keep pressing and trusting in the fact that God loves you and that he'll give you what he ultimately sees as good for you at, at the given time. Okay. Um, let's talk about this next one a little bit. How should we keep the fire going for God? So maybe you've had a big experience recently and you felt like you were just on fire for God. Here's the best way that you can keep that fire going in your life. It's gonna be the little things in the day-to-day that keep the fire going. It's gonna be when you make that choice to set time aside just to spend time in the Bible. It's gonna be when you make time to pray. And, and you, you know what's so interesting is people always say that they have to make time, but something... I really believe in something that I do in my life is I'm always having a conversation with God. It, 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 it never ends. It, it's constant. I'm always talking to him. When something happens, little or big in my life, I'll, I'll just talk to him about it or I'm going through this or something crazy happens. I'll just say it to him right away. He's always the first person I go to talk to, guys. And those little things that you do will keep the fire burning. That's what keeps things exciting. If, 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 if I wanna keep things good between me and my wife, it's, it's, it's the little things I do every day to make her feel special, to make her feel connected. And those things are so important. It's the same with your relationship with God. It's the little things. And then the fire will keep burning. Um, all right, cool. So the person that did that, pre- I, I feel a little guilty now. The Lord convicted me. I was a little hard on you about jumping off a cliff to the predestination person. They texted me and said, really though, um, here's what I'm gonna say about this. This, I believe, is a tier two. And I had a deep, me, me Ben, and Terrence, we, we all believe the same way about this. And, and we had a deep conversation about this. And uh, we kind of, uh, here's what I believe. And this is how we left that conversation that night, is we believe that this is a tier two issue. Tier one issue for me is 
letting, drawing people near to Jesus and making Jesus famous. And this whole discussion is like a tier two thing to me. And so I don't like to get caught up and wrapped up in this because it just causes division and a lot of hurt between different people. And, and I, I'm just not about it right now, at least in this point I am in my life, because I believe very passionately some way, and other people believe passionately another way. So I just feel like it's best if we don't speak about it. If you really want to know what I believe and you want to know what's really true about it, come talk to me after the service, and I'll tell you the truth that only I can tell you and no one else knows. I'm just joking. I, I, don't, I, I don't have all the answers. If, if, if we knew everything about God, he wouldn't be that much of a God if we could explain everything about him. So I think there's a lot of mystery involved in it. And honestly, one of the best answers I can give about it, if I had to say something, is, is what Doug says about this. He believes it's both happening at the same time. And, and, and that's what I, I really, uh, the closest I'm leaning to right now is that somehow God is just beyond our ways and that he's making both happen at once. So that's what I would say to you. Um, for all the people that are texting in that I'm cute, I already know that. You don't gotta text that in. <laughs> Um, <laughs> He's married still. <laughs> um, still. <laughs> was it a surprise I was going to make it this long? No, I didn't mean it like that. I just meant he's married. Okay, so let's just take this last one that just came in, and then we'll close up. Um, should we read our Bibles or pray even if we don't feel like it, or is it phony to do so? That's a good one. You want to start that one for me, Claudia? Can you just yeah, read? I'll read it one more time. Should we read our Bibles or pray even if we don't feel like it? Or is it phony to do so? Of course it's not phony to do. It's like you're letting, it's like you're letting God know where you're at. It's just, you're just being open with him. You're just, even if you, you feel like you, he doesn't hear you, it's, you t- tell him that. It's not like he, he's going to get mad at you or anything for saying like, God, I feel distant right now. I feel like that, at those times are probably the biggest times probably to keep praying because you just keep going. And it's like saying, it's smart to say, God, I don't, I don't feel um, close to you right now. And I want, can you give me the desire to want to know you more? I don't feel like that's phony. I feel like if anything, that's um, probably the closest probably you could feel with God at that time because you feel that close to say, God, I don't feel this right now. Can you give me, instill into me, just a desire to know you. It's, it's easy to say, God, thank you for this and thank you for that. But it's, it's, it's super hard to f- say, God, I know things are tough, but I still love you and I still want to um, work for you and still yeah. work with you. Yeah. So I don't think it's funny at all. I think no. if anything, that's raw Christianity there at its finest. Yeah. And this is what I'm about to say is really important. I, I hope you guys never forget this. You absolutely cannot base your walk with God on feelings. It's not about feelings. If you base it on that, you will not get very far because there are gonna be days when you don't feel like worshiping, but you know it's the right thing to do. And if you do, you will leave a more satisfied person. You cannot make it about how you feel. If, 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 if you wanna go through it, if not, because it has to go deeper than that. It, it, it's about love and, and it's about really um, just giving God what he deserves. And if you make it about feelings, you're, it will fall apart. A great quote that Doug once said um, is that emotions sway, but truth stays the same. And the truth is that God is always in control and he is the savior and he's done everything for you and he deserves it. A, a great story I once heard about even just to get more specific with this, with the praying and uh, just reading your Bible thing is that there was this grandfather who um, made his grandson clean out 
um, this pail and he would make him take it down to the water every day and just wash out the pail and um, there was a hole in it and every time he would take it down to the lake, he just felt like maybe everything was just falling out. Everything was just, it was going out basically and he would bring it back and he'd be frustrated because he would get back to the grandfather and say, you know, you, you made me go clean this out but every time I come to bring you back the water, everything's out, there's nothing in there and the grandfather's that, is like, that's okay, I want you to keep doing it, keep going back and keep going back and, and eventually the um the the grandson got so frustrated. He says, Grandpa, I can't do this any, anymore. What's the point if nothing's getting retained? And the grandfather said, the point of it wasn't to maybe necessarily retain anything, but to clean out the bucket. And sometimes when we go to God, maybe it feels like our prayers are bouncing off the walls when we pray. And maybe that makes you feel like not praying. And sometimes when you go to God, you, you open up the Bible and it just feels like, man, that nothing's really getting through, that you don't even understand what you're reading or it's not sticking. And guys, sometimes the point is that you just need to go to God just to get cleaned out. Just sometimes praying to him and just being close to him is what needs to happen. And just like that boy, you know, he thought the purpose of it was to fill up the bucket, but the grandfather wanted him to clean it out, really. And so the same thing happens with God. So sometimes you need to go to God just so you can get cleaned out of all that junk that's inside of you. And maybe it, it doesn't necessarily feel like you're retaining anything, but I promise you there is something that's happening. So thank you, Claudio, so much. I hope we answered as many questions. You guys still have more questions. Um, Come talk to a leader tonight. We would love to talk to you about some of the things that are going on in your life, but let's just pray. God, I thank you so much for this awesome night. I thank you so much for everything that Claudio had to say tonight, God. I pray for the person that's just really hurting tonight, God, and the the person that feels like you're just a a million miles away, God, the, the person that can relate to Claudio's story exactly, God. I pray for them tonight, Jesus, that you would meet them right where they are. I pray, God, that they would have an awesome encounter with you, that they would walk away and they would be able to share their story um, tonight just like Claudio did, Lord, and that you would do something so great in their life that you would show them that you are the Savior and you love them so much. God, I thank you, God, that there are world changers in this room tonight. God, I pray that they would just grab onto the vision tonight, God, that they would want to go deeper. God, for anyone that feels that tugging in their heart tonight, God, that you would, really just work in their life in a deeper way tonight, God. We are just so grateful for your great love for us, God, just that undeserved love, God. And I pray for anyone that maybe didn't get their question answered tonight, God, and they feel discouraged. I pray, God, that you would just give them the boldness they need just to talk to someone tonight, God. And I pray, Lord, that you would just really just work in all of our lives in a deeper way. I pray that 2014 would just be one of the greatest years ever, Lord, that your presence would just be so strong here, God, and that we would see awesome, awesome things happen. So we just love you so much, Jesus. In your name we pray.